Blessed are those who have not seen and believed. That's us. We haven't seen Jesus like those first apostles, and yet we believe. That's why we're here. Today, Divine Mercy Sunday wraps up the octave of Easter. It's Mother Church's way of reminding us of how important Easter is. The day of Easter lasts eight of our days. And with the conclusion of the octave, we move into what is called the period of mystagogy. It's that 50-day period of time between Easter and Pentecost. Ten days longer than Lent, and yet usually forgotten about. Well, not here at St. Bernadette, because we are going to be diving deeply into the fundamental mysteries of our Catholicism throughout this mystagogy period. Now, I am a student of preaching. I, I teach it. I do it a lot. And I know that in our ancient tradition of preaching, there's something known as mystagogy preaching. It's the preaching that would take place during this 50 days that was targeted to those that had just come into the faith. You see, back Back, back in a day, they didn't have RCIA. They basically just gathered the folks that want to come in, you know, made them learn a few prayers, but then they basically got them wet, oiled them up, and welcomed them into the faith. Then after their baptisms, the church fathers would explain the faith to them. Well, last Easter, I mean, last weekend at the vigil, I brought in 22 people into our Catholic faith here at St. Bernadette. And so this Sunday, I'm going to do a mystagogy preaching. Now, two things to know about the mystagogy preaching. One is that most often it went on for about four or five hours. I'm not going to do that. But the second thing is the church father would sit while he preached. And so I'm going to do that myself on my Jesus, we trust in you blanket. Now, this Divine Mercy Sunday, I want to impart upon all of you all one of our most fundamental truths, one of our fundamental beliefs as Catholics. On this Divine Mercy Sunday, I want each of you to understand that God wants to forgive you. God wants to forgive us. We don't need to convince God of anything. We don't need to manipulate, legislate, or lobby for God's forgiveness. We don't need to negotiate, cajole, or barter for God's forgiveness. God wants to forgive us all. All we need to do is to physically bring before God our sorrow for having sinned. 
And God will, through our sorrow, bestow divine mercy. It's the whole reason the Father sent the Son. The whole reason the Son sends the Holy Spirit. This is something that Thomas, in our gospel this morning, came to know very well. When he finally brought himself before the risen Christ amid the disciples' gathering, he found Jesus all too willing to do whatever it took to share his divine mercy, even allowing Thomas to poke and prod him. Today, in the face of this world's evil, as manifested here in Louisville on Monday, and the fear with which it would ensnare us, we need to remember God's eagerness to save us, God's eagerness to be with us, God's eagerness to change the world through us. As Catholic Christians, we are blessed with our Jesus-instituted, sacramental, sure paths of experiencing God's mercy. Physical, sacramental encounters that ensure that our experience with God's mercy is both individually freeing and communally unifying. Our sacraments of forgiveness ensure that our experience of God's mercy is not just some head trip, some playing with our imagination. but an actual sure path of knowing freedom from our sin. We are blessed. Now, naturally, especially we cradle Catholics, we tend to think that the sacrament of confession is the greatest means of experiencing divine mercy. And Confession is the necessary sacrament for the forgiveness of mortal sin. That's true. But understand that the more readily available sacrament of God's divine mercy is in fact our weekly worthy reception of Holy Communion. This is one of the several reasons that the church tells us that coming to Mass on Sunday is an obligation. Mother Church wants us to live in a place of freedom from sin. The prayers of the Mass provide the sacramental means by which our sorrow for most of our sin can be divinely transformed into forgiveness. I have this missile here so that I can show you what I mean. For instance, immediately upon opening the Mass, 
We appeal to God's mercy through the penitential act. Brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. Upon our appeal for mercy, the priest declares, May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. And we all cry out, Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Next, we sing the great Gloria, praising God, in the middle of which we sing, You take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. Only after all of this do we pray the opening prayer. But you know, our, our appeals for God's divine mercy, they don't stop there. Did you know that throughout the entire Mass, the priest or deacon is quietly praying on your behalf for God's mercy? Our prayers are inaudible, but that's what we're doing. After the gospel is proclaimed, you see the proclaimer kiss the gospel book as an act of prayer, which says, through the words of the gospel, may our sins be wiped away. After the gifts of bread and wine are placed upon the altar, the priest quietly prays on your behalf. With humble spirit and contrite heart, may we be accepted by you, O Lord. Then, washing my fingers, I pray, wash me, O Lord, from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Appeals for God's mercy are ongoing throughout the Mass. Our Eucharistic prayer continues the appeals. From the consecration of the blood, this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. From this to our petitions after the consecration, have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, St. Joseph, her spouse, and so on and so on. Our appeals for God's mercy go on unabated. After the Eucharistic prayer, we together pray the Lord's Prayer, where we say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Then, the priest concludes the prayer saying, Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin. Finally, just before you receive Holy Communion, we pray together, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace. Even after all of this, just before the priest starts the communion rite by receiving Jesus' body and blood, 
he prays quietly as he genuflects. May the receiving of your body and blood, Lord Jesus Christ, not bring us to con- judgment and condemnation, but through your loving mercy, be for us protection in mind and body and a healing remedy. Can you see it? Do you understand? Throughout our Mass, we appeal to God's mercy for the forgiveness of our sins. Then upon receiving Holy Communion, when we have sorrow for our sins, God's divine mercy is given. Taking communion at Mass forgives sin. This is why it's so important that we come to Mass to receive communion. Not just watch it on the computer. It is the actual receiving of communion that forgives sins. So readily does God want to forgive us. We can receive this divine mercy as regularly as our daily bread. This eagerness of God the Father to forgive us is what we celebrate on Divine Mercy Sunday our trust in this love of Jesus for us is the foundation of our faith, the foundation of our discipleship. Mother Church then calls each of us today to trust in God's desire to forgive and to bring our desire to be forgiven before Him. then we will be sent to declare the words of our psalmist today. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love is everlasting.